Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another installment of the Wednesday Night V Brown Bag U.S. Series. Um, I am very excited to have the illustrious, the indomitable, the super smart Kyle Ruddy with us tonight. He's going to talk about PowerShell. Um, we're going to do a little bit of uh, what's new on the 6.5 and a couple of housekeeping items. Get in on the conversation. I will be monitoring both the Twitter account and the live question feed. Um, if you have anything to, to pepper Mr. Ruddy with, uh, I will be in the background keeping an eye on things and ready to pepper him. Um, the hashtag is vbrownbag. Um, our guest tonight is Kyle Ruddy, and I'm Chris. So with that, Mr. Ruddy, let me hand it over to you. Sweet. And you are the presenter, sir. And uh, here, while we're uh, we're waiting, you know, let me send a big shout out to all the all the new V experts and the oh, the new yeah. rebranded V experts too. Rebranded. Or re rename renamed re re-enabled oh the re-upped the the renewals yes there you go <laughs> one of those words cool yeah absolutely congratulations to all the v experts out there hopefully there's a lot watching tonight <laughs> all right so hopefully we can see a, a, a slide deck that says what's new for vmware power CLI. yes i can see the deck awesome all right so let's get this going here uh, so, like the previous slide said, which I guess I could go back to even though Chris already did the introduction, but we're going to be talking about what's new for VMware PowerCLI 6.5 Release 1. Uh, and, you know, if you're reading the slide, you might already see one of those little tidbits of what's new. Uh, but first, a little bit about me. So, I am Kyle Ruddy. I'm a senior technical marketing engineer uh, on the vSphere side. And my main focus is around the APIs, CLIs, and SDKs uh, that VMware provides based around vSphere. Uh, outside of VMware, I blog over at thatcouldbeaproblem.com. You can find me on GitHub, uh, username kmruddy. Uh, I, I also help host a, a little, little podcast by the name of V Brown Bag. Uh, you know, if you guys are here, you might have heard of it. What? Uh, Exactly. And then I'm also uh, a, a big advocate of, of Twitter and using Twitter. Uh, it's definitely my, my social media, uh, favorite social media avenue. Uh, and I'm out there at KM Ruddy there as well. All right, so let's, let's cover some high-level stuff just really quickly in case you have no idea what PowerCLI is. Uh, you know, because sometimes I talk to people and they're like, I don't even know what that is. Uh, and then I start talking to them about it, and, and it gets to the point where they're like, so this is basically just some kind of black magic. And, you know, they're not wrong. You know, there, there's a little bit of that to it. Um, but in all actuality, this is VMware's command line uh, scripting tool that's built off of Windows PowerShell. So, you know, if you're going to install PowerCLI, PowerShell is absolutely one of those requirements to have uh, before you can start using PowerCLI. Uh, you know, and part of you know, using PowerCLI is that it comes with over 500 different commandlets, uh, and you can automate anything from your vSphere environment to you know, vCloud, Horizon, vSAN, all these things. Uh, so you know, basically trying to get to the point where we can automate your entire environment specifically to the way that you want to uh, have it automated. Um, and we are regarded as one of the, the most robust and complete PowerShell deployments in the world. 
so that's that's very cool. It's it, it was something that uh, that actually Microsoft has told us, not something that we came up with ourselves. Uh, so very cool there. Uh, so moving over, let's let's do a high level overview here before we we uh, dig into the uh, you know to the to the bits here. Uh, so first and foremost, the name has changed. Uh, so prior to 6.5 release one, it was known as VMware vSphere Power CLI. And so we're doing a lot more than just vSphere these days. So we've actually changed the name to reflect that. You know, because like I said before, we, we are doing things with like vCloud and Horizon and uh, and some of the other areas, vSAN and so on and so forth. Uh, so it's important to reflect that as part of the branding. Uh, the other really big thing that happened is that we got rid of the PowerShell snap-ins. So we are completely module-based. And I'll cover a little bit more about why, you know, why that matters to anybody uh, in, in a later slide. Uh, and then we've also done some, some cool new stuff to some of the core commandlets. Uh, I've got a section on, on using MoveVM to do cross vCenter vMotions. Uh, we've also added the capability of specifying the number of cores when you're either creating or modifying a VM. And then the open VM console window commandlet, you know, it, it actually works now uh, because it's been upgraded to use the latest and greatest VMRC. Uh, a, a lot of people who may have used that before maybe didn't have such good results when they tried using it. And, and I, I definitely urge people to, to try it again, give it another shot because uh, it's actually working this time. Uh, the storage module has been greatly improved. There's a whole bunch of new vSAN commandlets, uh, some improved disk management commandlets that, uh, that they are so brand new, they're not even in vSphere in the, in the web client or HTML5 client yet. And then some vVol replication commandlets. And then the Horizon View module is just extremely exciting, uh, at least to, to myself, because it's been completely rewritten. Uh, so very exciting. Uh, moving on to our modules here, um, you know, it's really important that we don't have snap-ins anymore uh, because, you know, part of the reason that we have an installer is because of snap-ins. Uh, so, you know, snap-ins are something that came about with PowerShell version 1.0 um, and it, that was really the, the first way that you could extend your PowerShell session. Uh, but, you know, snap-ins had these complexities. So, you know, they had to be compiled, uh, they were written in .NET, um, and, you know, they required an installer because at that point they also could make modifications to the underlying system. Uh, you know, the, the most notable of one was registry changes. Uh, you know, if you've been following PowerCLI for a while, you know, you know, certain versions could be detected by actually polling the registry. Uh, so, you know, that was a big thing that, that we wanted to get away from. Uh, you know, PowerShell modules came out in PowerShell version 2 um, and really allow for a lot more mobility uh, as far as, you know, you no longer need to, to do an installer anymore. Uh, you don't, you know, and you can move them from, from place A to place B and, and you don't need to re-register them. You just need to call them out, uh, you know, so they can even go out there and sit on a file share. You know, it's, you know, easy as that. Um, but so anyways, on the screen here, we see a list of, of all of our modules. Um, it, it's quite the list. It's, it's very impressive. Uh, big shout out to the Power CLI engineering team uh, for, for not only 
getting all of our snap-ins over to modules, but you know, for the amount of modules that we actually have. Um, oh, and then last tidbit that I forgot about the snap-ins, it also reduces uh, you know, the order in which you have to import things. You know, so with snap-ins, you had to do one, and then the other, and then another, and then another, and then it worked. And if you did it out of order, it wouldn't work. And with modules, it's not that way whatsoever. You know, if I would just want to import the stuff to, to mess around with a distributed switch, that's the only thing I need to, to import. Now, of course, that's a little bit of a lie because you still need the core module because you still need to connect to your vCenter server first. But, you know, that, that's kind of the point of where I'm going with it. All right, moving on to cross vCenter vMotion. Um, so this is a very cool capability uh, that came about. Uh, it was introduced in vSphere 6.0, uh, and then in one of the subsequent releases after that, uh, you could do it by the API. So there's public API that was opened up and, and you could do that. Uh, there were a lot of things that were that were published, like I know William Lamb published a, a script on how to do it. And uh, in, uh, so very cool, a lot of people seem to, seem to want it, seem to want to try it out in their own environments. Uh, so with 6.5, we've released the, uh, or rather updated the move VM commandlet to now allow people to do cross vCenter vMotions. Um, and I've actually got a demo of it, uh, so I'll, I'll move over to that. Uh, but up, up here on the screen is, is kind of a little, uh, gives you a hint at, at what all is really required, you know. Um, and oh, the, the biggest part that I missed. Uh, so doing this with PowerCLI, you actually don't have to be all within the same SSO domain. So you can cross SSO domains. That's not something that you can do with, uh, you know, in the web client or HTML5 client. It's something that uh, that's specific to the API and PowerCLI. Uh, so very cool there. Um, and then I also want to cover some of the requirements because um, it, it, some of the stuff wasn't exactly clear to me. So uh, every time I try and explain this, I, I want to kind of level set. Um, so because this was a 6.0 feature, Everything in your environment has to be at the vSphere 6.0 level. Um, so, you know, 6.0 or better. So even if your distributed switch is at 5.5, it's got to be upgraded to 6.0. doesn't matter if your vCenter is 6.5 and your hosts are 6.0. Everything has to be at least 6.0. Um, and then there, there's also supported-wise, it's only good from like a vCenter 6.0 to another vCenter 6.0. Um, you know, unsupported wise, you can do it from 6.0 to 6.5, um, but you know, it's kind of doing it at your own, um, you know, at your own peril. Uh, but you know, at the same time, you your distributed switch cannot change, uh, so you can't go backwards, can't go forwards. Has to be the exact same version. Uh, that was definitely a, a big thing that I ran into that was um, a, a little quirky. Uh, and then one other thing before I go to the demo that I thought was really cool is that the network adapter parameter accepts arrays. So, you know, if you have a VM that has multiple network network adapter, uh, multiple NICs, you can actually do that and then you can separate those out to go to the individual port groups. Uh, so, you know, that was something that, that I didn't know. I talked to an engineer and he's like, no, of course you can do that. So, very cool uh, to be able to do that. Uh, so, let's let's go to the demo. Um, however, it's it's not a live demo because it, it takes a while to, to actually build it out. So, apologies for that. 
Um, before you start that, uh, a couple of quick generic questions. Sure. Um, uh, do you need to be on vSphere 6.5 to take advantage of the new features? No, you do not. Uh, okay. you, so you don't have to be on, uh, on vSphere 6.5, but you do have to have PowerCLI 6.5, which is backwards compatible all the way back to uh, vSphere 5.5. But your, your environment has to be at least 6.0 or better. The environment has to be 6.0 or better. Okay. And yeah. the, uh, will the modules work on Linux PowerShell? Uh, so right now, those are two separate offerings. Um, so, and I cover this a little bit later, so I won't get into it too much, uh, but there's a difference in the underlying uh, .NET versions. Uh, so they are not a one-for-one. One. Uh, they have to be rewritten to you know, be equally usable. Uh, that's something that's being worked on, but it's not there today. Excellent. Okay, thank you. That was it for the questions. Sweet. All right, so off to the demo. Uh, basically what I've gone through and done, I'm storing our, my credentials there, uh, setting up which vCenters that I'm going to connect to, and then doing those connect vi server commands. Uh, obviously storing them in variables so that I can call them later. I am then also, let me pause this again. So I'm also going through, uh, I'm telling it which VM I want to move, then I'm telling it where it should be going. Uh, now, another one of the, the issues, not really issues, but let me say limitations with this, is that you still have to select uh, a VM host, so you can't tell it a cluster, uh, can't tell it a DRS or a, a resource pool, uh, and same thing for the uh, data stores. So you, you can't send it to like a data store cluster, you have to tell it an individual data store. Um, but, you know, if, if this is something that that's something that, that you're worried about, and that's easily, you know, you can easily script around that by, you know, instead of just doing get VM host, you can do a get cluster, then get VM host, and, and you know, select object first, first one. Uh, so it, those are very easy to, to get around, but it is something that you have to be aware of when you're running this, at least for the first time. All right, so then we're telling it which network adapter that it needs to move. Uh, in this case, we're only moving a single network adapter. Uh, then we have to tell it which port group it's going to, and this is where we can start seeing the use of that destination vCenter server, uh, because we have to specify that, you know, hey, we definitely want it to be on this, on this other vCenter server. And then, as I said, we're, we're doing the, uh, the other data store there. And then we take all of those variables that we just configured, we're dumping them all into the move VM command, and then uh, yeah, we zoomed out a little bit, and then we can see that migrate VM01 system move, and then it's down there on the, uh, on the other vCenter server there. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's very cool that that is something that we can now automate, and we can do it simply with, with PowerCLI. It's not something that, you know, if you don't want to go into the API, you no longer have to. So, very cool. All right, getting into the storage module. Um, so, PowerCLI for vSAN, uh, you know, all of these modules, or all of these commandlets, rather, are in the storage module. Um, now, the original version that came out that was actually released publicly was as part of uh, PowerCLI 6.0 R1. Uh, however, if you've been paying attention to some of our flings, which I'll actually talk about later as well, 
Uh, some of these commandlets have been out for a while. They've existed for a while. Uh, but a lot of these that are on the screen now are completely brand new. I believe there were something like 13 or 14 brand new ones added with this release. And really the point is to get it to where users can just fully create and automate the deployment of a vSAN-based cluster. You know, so you no longer have to, to mess with the GUI if you don't want to, or if you're building stuff out. This makes it just that much easier. Uh, so you know, we can see some of the examples here. You know, we can set up fault domains. We can even do some vSAN-based tests, update the, the hardware compatibility list database, uh, and some other things along that uh, area as well. Uh, and so this one, I've got a demo for this one too. Uh, this one obviously had to be recorded as well because it goes a little more in depth. Uh, so let's see. There we go. Okay, so something that I, I should point out here. Uh, so if you're you're new to, to PowerShell, what we're seeing here off to the right-hand side is the, uh, is the PowerShell ISE, or Integrated Scripting Environment. Um, so this is a very nice tool that you can say, you know, hey, up, up on the top portion, that can be a script or, you know, whatever kind of, of text that you want. And then you can run that against the lower half of the screen there, which is an actual live PowerShell session. Uh, so it's really useful for creating scripts, creating modules, things of that nature, um, and, and troubleshooting, which we'll also see here in, in a second. Uh, but off to the left-hand side here, we have a blank, brand new vCenter server. Uh, so, you know, if you're looking at it, there, there's no VMs, there's no hosts, there's not even a data center. So we're going to go through and completely configure a vSAN cluster without ever hitting the GUI. So let me start this off here. First off, it's going to set up a whole bunch of variables, um, like the host names and password and credentials and things of that nature. Uh, it's going to connect to the vCenter server, to create that data center, create that cluster, add in the hosts, uh, and then this is going a little faster than I'm talking here, so apologies for that as I pause it. Uh, so then it turns on the, uh, it, it sets the network adapters on those hosts to say, hey, you know, we are good for vSAN traffic. Uh, now, of course, in your own environments, you probably want to change this to a different VM kernel port, because right now we're, we're running vMotion, we're running management, and also vSAN all over the same VM kernel port. Uh, so don't do that in your production environment. This is, uh, you know, this is ease of use for a lab environment to, to kind of show this off. Uh, so then the, the last one that we just ran was doing a set cluster to just say, hey, vSAN, you are now enabled. You are now able to do, oops, you are now able to do cool stuff. Uh, so let me find where I'm at there. There we go. backwards a little bit, but so that's just adding the hosts. Then it turns on vSAN enabled traffic, tells the cluster to go. Uh, then we just say, hey, you know, what's, what's the configuration look like right now? So everything's looking good there. We're going to set up a new fault domain uh, with one per host. Then we're going to create a VM and start it. We're going to set some policies up right there. Again, it's going a little faster than I'm talking. Um, but we're going through, we're, we're creating a new storage-based uh, uh, rule for that goes along with vSAN. And we're going to do a set 
SPBM entity configuration and assign it to that test VM. Uh, and then one of the last couple commands that we run here is around just, you know, hey, how much space is out there? Uh, so doing a get vSAN space usage so that we can tell, you know, hey, there is actually, you know, there's four gigabytes worth of difference here. Uh, you know, that VM is definitely out there living on it. And then just as simple as that, we've, we've gone through and made sure that that, uh, that policy is enabled, and then we've updated our vSAN uh, HCL database. So we're going to do another get vSAN cluster configuration here, and we can see that, uh, that well, we sped past it earlier, but uh, the time of the HCL update uh, was back in August. We made this a little bit before VMworld. Um, and then we can see all of the other configuration settings there. We even changed the, the health check interval minute time. Uh, I think it was five minutes and now it's at 55 minutes uh, and, and so on. But, you know, so basically we could create everything as part of this vCenter server and, and this cluster uh, for use with vSAN without ever actually touching the GUI. You know, so that's, that's really what we're trying to get to the point of uh, with, this, with these new commandlets. I think that was it. I don't think it is. Yep, there we go. Fade to black. All right, here's something that you probably haven't heard a whole lot about, or really I'd, I'd be amazed if, if this isn't the first time you're hearing about it. Uh, this is something called uh, virtual disks or V-disks. Uh, so basically what we're doing is we are uh, taking away the dependency, the VM dependency, when you're doing things with hard disks. Uh, so we're making these virtual disks first-class citizens, uh, making them, you know, the, this top-level object instead of something that you have to pull a VM and then do a get hard disk from. Uh, now, to get really started with this, there, there are some, some issues. You do have to create them brand new. Uh, the, I believe there's a way to actually convert in between the two. Um, but I don't believe that's actually part of the 6.5 release that's going to be in a to-come version. Uh, but, you know, basically th this allows you to do things like saying, hey, if you want to move a hard disk in between systems, uh, you know, you can put it in its own specific folder on a data store. Uh, you can set up, you know, you can add tags to it. We've, we've created the, the tag assignment capabilities there. Uh, we can remove it. We can configure it. We can do all of these things directly to the just the VDisk itself without having to go through the VM or have to worry about that dependency. Uh, so it's pretty cool there. Uh, definitely be on the lookout for that to, to start being introduced a little more into, into the GUI. Uh, there are also some APIs that are out there uh, to handle that. So if, if you're more of an API person and watching this, you know, that's already available and out there. Uh, moving on to one other area within uh, the storage module, and that's all around VVOL replication. Uh, so we can do things like discovering your fault domains, um, figure out which ones are, which VMs are part of replication groups, um, get and set your, your SPVM entities, uh, same thing for starting to sync and actually uh, start your failover, preparation for a failover um, around that those areas too. Uh, I, I believe Pete's, Pete Fletcher is actually going to have a, a blog article coming out about this here relatively soon. So uh, so it's a very cool usage for around VVOL. 
uh, lots of adoption coming around that area. All right, so next up, the, the one that you know is really exciting for me, uh, I've been a Horizon View administrator. Um, I've, I've been there. I've lived this pain. I, I did an EUC day back even before I worked for VMware, and I was like, hey, this you know, Power CLI for, for Horizon View is horrible. You guys have to do something about this. Um, and so finally, with 6.5, they actually have. Um, yeah, it, it didn't have much input from me, uh, but you know, definitely some of the heat that I put on and put on it, and you know, really urged and, and pushed folks to like, hey, we really do need to to do this. Um, so you know, whenever we, whenever people like me or you know, the the product managers like Jake Robinson and Alan Renouf are, are like, hey, you know, we really want your feedback, and, and it's really because we do. You know, that makes it into the product. Uh, so this is definitely one of those one of those areas. Uh, so if you've never been a Horizon View admin and you have no idea why I'm excited and, and you think I'm kind of crazy because you know, you've been waiting like six or seven years and it's still not the year of EDI, um, you know, that's okay. It's, it's fine. Uh, so let me go through a little bit of why this is important. Uh, so basically prior to this release, uh, the only way that you could work with PowerCLI with Horizon View was through the connection server. You know, so you literally had to like RDP to the connection server or pull up the terminal, and that was the only place that you could run PowerCLI. Now, if you were a little more advanced user, you could get started messing around with the, the PS session uh, commandlets and, and kind of make it work, but it, it wasn't nice, it wasn't user-friendly, it, it wasn't easy to, to train other people how to use it. Um, so that was a bad issue. Um, there were a lot of commandlets for it, but they not all of them really worked. Uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of what it displayed wasn't either either was incorrect, improperly uh, formatted, uh, or just was flat out inconsistent. Uh, the help was basically non-existent. So if you did it like a get help and then put in a a commandlet, you know there was a good chance you just got the stock out of the box. Uh, no additional information, type help, which was not helpful and was more infuriating than it was helpful. Uh, so that was all not good. Uh, so with this version, it's because it's shipped as a module, it's actually included in the PowerCLI installer. Uh, so it comes with it. That's one of the options that, you know, when you're going through the install process, you can say, you know, hey, yes, yes, I do want that. Uh, and then you can connect from wherever you're running your PowerShell session at. Uh, you can then connect to your Horizon View environment. Uh, the other really big thing about why this is important is because Horizon View actually created and published a public API. Now, prior to, uh, I'm pretty certain it's 7.0.2, that did not exist. Yeah, so anything that you wanted to do, if you wanted to customize anything, everything had to be, you know, it had to be done through the GUI. Yeah, because, I mean, even if you did it through PowerCLI, there's... 50, 50, 75, 25 chance that it would work. Um, but you know, with this new module, you can access the entire public API. It's really well documented, um, and, and there's a whole lot more information that's coming out about it, uh, especially with every new release. Um, so one of the other things that I want to cover about this is that because it has access to the API, um, that's kind of all that was released. Uh, so for those of you who or pretty PowerShell savvy, you, you might have been able to point out here uh, in the example area, 
here, it says exported commands. Well, there's two. You know, there's there's literally a connect and a disconnect. And that's it. You know, everything else has to go through the extension data. Uh, you know, and basically that is where you're working with the API. Uh, now, if that's not something that you're like, yes, I, I definitely totally want to do that, uh, which, you know, I'll be honest, not a whole lot of people are. Um, there are also these things that are out there on our uh, on our community repository. So PowerCLI has a community GitHub repository that's out there, and some of our engineers have actually gone through and made a really good batch of advanced functions. And you can download them from the GitHub repository, and, and you can import them into your PowerShell and PowerCLI session, and you can do things like get HV Desktop and things of that nature. You know, those 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 uh, those functions are already available and created so that you don't have to do that yourself. Uh, so that's that's also very cool. That's a, that's a really good example of how we're trying to get to the point where, you know, the community is helping itself out. Uh, and I'll, I'll actually touch on that here, here in a little bit. Uh, so since I was talking about accessing the API, um, we also have access to the new vSphere automation API. Um, now, if you don't know what this is, this used to be the, what was it, vCloud Automation, uh, something along that, uh, API. It was the first iteration of a REST-based API for vSphere. Uh, however, at the time, it really only did content library and tagging, so it was, it was fairly limited. So, you know, it, it didn't get a lot of press. It didn't get a lot of people talking about it, not a lot of buzz. Uh, but we've, we've kind of re-scoped what it's doing and we've changed the name to, to better uh, focus what it's going to be uh, what it's going to be doing. So it's called the vSphere Automation API. And as we can see in our example here, uh, we're we're connecting to a CIS server. In uh, you know, as we can tell in the example again, it's it's your vCenter server. You know, these these REST endpoints are going to be your vCenter server or your external PSC. Uh, and each one of those, depending on which one you're communicating to or connecting to, uh, they're going to have different functionalities based upon what roles those are. So also keep that in mind. Uh, and then once you're connected, you can do things like get CIS server or service, and that's the actual API calls. You know, so if if you're more comfortable in you know a REST client like Postman or you know maybe even some of our SDKs, you know you have the ability to now take what you're doing. Uh, within your programming language or or your REST client, and give that to somebody who's who's PowerShell based, uh, and, and say you know hey with your PowerCLI session, go out there hit this endpoint, connect to this service, and then do your do your method or you know in this case we're we're pulling back uh, a get against the appliances time against the VCSA's system time. Um, and you know if you're if you're curious about it these all these APIs are available by way of an API Explorer, uh, which I actually believe I have a slide on here. Yep, there we go. Uh, so, you know, this is something, this API Explorer, this is a way to see all of those REST APIs that are available at the time. Um, and, you know, it's literally out there and on the vCenter server itself uh, or, you know, PSE or what have you uh, by going back and saying, you know, hit your, hit your vCenter server URL and then append to the end a slash and API Explorer. And then you get this really cool area that, that you can kind of play around with. 
uh, you know, see what the API calls are, things of that nature. And uh, unfortunately, my screenshot here doesn't have it. But at the bottom of each one of these requests, there's a try it out button. So you can actually click on it, and it really performs the rest call right there in your web client. So really cool, um, really good way to, to get started with uh, using some, some APIs within your, your Power CLI to, to really even broaden past what our commandlets are able to do. Um, quick, a uh, couple of quick questions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Graham is asking, uh, this, this one was about the, uh, the V-Disks. Uh, can you create SCSI controllers without having to create a disk and add the disk to the controller? Um, that is a really good question. Hmm. Um, I, I can't say that I've, I've tried it. Every time I've gone to an existing SCSI controller, hmm. um, you know, and of course that already had an, an existing hard disk. Uh, an existing VMDK. So I, uh, I can certainly find out and get back to you. All right. Um, uh, w one other question um, about PowerCLI. Uh, well, obviously, is PowerCLI supported as a part of the standard SNS? Uh, last time he called uh, support about a PowerShell issue, and this was two or three years ago. Now uh, I was told that it wasn't supported, and that you needed to have a developer support contract. Yes. So there is a little, there's a little weirdness around that. So what is supported is running the actual commandlets themselves. So if you have an issue with a commandlet, it is absolutely supported. Uh, now, the one thing that kind of gets lost in the confusion is that if you hand support a script, uh, what they're thinking is that you're asking them to you know, go through and debug or, or uh, troubleshoot your script. Um, so that's one of those things that you know, when you're creating your support ticket point out that you know hey you know this might be the script that I'm doing but this is the error this is the commandlet that it's airing out on and, and that's the way that you get support for it okay and uh, Matt is asking is the API Explorer new to VCSA 6.5 or is it also in 6.0 U2 so it is brand new to 6.5 um, however it is not limited to just the VCSA uh, it's also available out there on the on the Windows uh, vCenter installation as well. Uh, it's also available on you know on the appliances. So like if you're running an external PSC, uh, you can access it on there as well. Cool. Okay. Uh, and and that was it. Oh, actually, wait, hold on. There's one. Uh, this this was a little bit of an older one. Can we select the network adapter options if moving between data centers in the same vCenter? Yes, yes you can. Okay. Yep, so that's, that's it, it has no dependability on, or dependencies on moving vCenters. That one is just a, a, now a standard part of move VM. Cool, all right, and uh, one, one more, uh, last one, is on the disk slash vDisk, is it any easier to translate an ESXi disk to a Windows disk? So, uh, I'm told yes. Uh, however, I, I have not tried that personally, so uh, I am, I'm going with what I've been told so far. Okay. Uh, that was another one that, that I probably should have looked at when I was playing around with those, because that's, that's always a big issue of trying to figure out which, which VMDK or which disk is, is which, when you're, especially when you're booting up a Windows system. 
uh, Graham is saying, okay, how? It's a, it's a pain in the, a P, it's a pita, P-I-T-A. I, I can't ask <laughs> because we're recording. Um, ignore Graham. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's always a pain. That, that, was, that was always one of those ones where it, you either had to, uh, it, you know, the old sysadmin trick and for me was either that, you know, you create them all at, at different sizes, then you boot up the system, uh, go through, format them all, and then shut it down and, and then correct everything, uh, or go through and just add them one by one by one by one. Uh, but, you know, it, the more, the bigger your, your VMs are, the more hard disks that you have, the, the more of a pain that really is to, to do, and it's, uh, especially if you do it at scale. So, you know, if you have to deploy even 10 systems, I mean, nobody wants to do that 10 times much less even once. Right. So yeah, I, I definitely feel the pain there. <laughs> he, he is ex he's expressing his, his displeasure in the, uh, in the questions form, uh, indicating <laughs> that it is, it is in fact a royal pain. Yes, we agree. <laughs> 100%. Cool. All right. Uh, and, and that is it for questions. All right. All right. All right. So uh, that's really the, the, the really big stuff that I wanted to cover as far as what's new. Uh, however, I did want to cover some other things. So as we see on the title or on the slide here, some other power CLI resources that have come about in, in the last year, year and a half or so that, I, that I've come around and we've been putting a lot of work into to, to try and help make everybody's lives easier. Um, so first, the really big one uh, is around the, the power CLI community repository. Uh, so if you didn't know, this is something that's out there. It's it's hosted on VMware's own GitHub uh, account, and it's titled Power CLI Example Scripts. And this is where we're trying to to really get people to publish their own stuff or contribute their own stuff. Um, or you know, if you need something, you know, go out there create an issue. If something doesn't exist, or you're more than welcome to to tag something that's in there and, and use it for uh, for whatever you need it to be. Uh, so a couple of the, the really cool things that are out there, uh, we've got the VM encryption module that's out there. Uh, I know Mike Foley, who I believe was on last week, um, it, this is something that he's gotten a lot of mileage out of and he's put, put a lot of uh, contributions into. Uh, I was a little sad because uh, there was actually a little while uh, that Mike's face was up there instead of Alan's. Uh, but you can see up there, it, it's actually calling out even that, you know, hey, the commit was uh, to Mike Foley's, uh, his contribution. So you know, th this is something that is being used. There's, there's a lot of stuff out there. We've had over 60 pull requests. Uh, we've got 16 different modules, over 30 scripts. Uh, you know, always looking for more people to con uh, contribute stuff. Um, other modules that are out there and really cool. Uh, you know, our, our stuff like the, the vCenter High Availability module, uh, William Lamb created that one. He even did a, a, a really good blog series on that. And then there's the Horizon View Helper module, and that's those advanced functions that I was talking about earlier uh, that work with that Horizon View module. Uh, so that really gives you the ability to expand that out to, to make that a little more user-friendly so that you don't, you know, only have to con only have to worry about connecting and using the APIs there. Uh, some of the other really cool scripts that are out there, uh, Alan Ernoff contributed his home lab deployment script. Uh, so I believe this was the script that he used to create the Intel NUCs. 
that were used at all of the VMware Code hackathons. Uh, you know, so if you've got a NUC at home, you can definitely uh, take that script and, and put it to good use and uh, for yourself. Uh, there's a couple of uh, scripts that are out there based around affinity rules. Uh, you know, that's not something that we have in PowerCLI today. Uh, so that that was a community sourced script. It's really cool that you know can start working with some of those groupings and host groups and VM groups, um, and then a LUN pathing report because you know anytime you work with storage, it it can get messy quick. Um, but so this one actually helps helps kind of work out the kinks on on LUN pathing issues. Uh, so some really cool stuff out there. Definitely uh, encourage people to look at it, uh, contribute. Uh, you know, we always love new stuff. Uh, we're we're even starting to get some things out there around DSC or uh, PowerShell's desired state configuration. Uh, Luke D's been putting a lot of work into into that stuff, um, and Pester as well. Uh, so, lots of uh, a whole variety of stuff out there. Uh, PowerShell or PowerCLI flings or based flings. Uh, the the latest and greatest one that uh, that everybody's been loving is PowerCLI Core. Uh, so you know I, I touched on this a little bit earlier, but uh, a while back Microsoft actually open sourced their .NET uh, and PowerShell offerings by creating .NET Core and PowerShell Core. Uh, when they made the announcement, we were actually part of the announcement. Uh, you know, because we were we were one of those people who were who have been working with them as soon as they they started playing around, and we were like, hey, we we want to be there, um, and so we were able to to get a little bit of a jump start on creating this. So we've uh, we've created PowerCLI Core that allows people to use PowerCLI now on Linux, Mac OS X, and and uh, even in a container like with Docker and and even on Photon. Um, and, and so, like what I was mentioning earlier, since it is .NET Core that they're using, uh, there's a little bit of translation that has to happen. So we can't just, you know, say copy paste over from from the modules that exist today. Uh, there, there is a little bit of of rewriting, uh, to say the least, uh, for those. But those are those are items that are being being heavily worked on. Uh, the core module is already uh, like 99% done. It's already been released. Um, if you do run into any issues with that, if you find any weirdness, let us know. Um, and then the distributed switch module is also uh, completed and out there as well. So anytime you download that, that's what you get. Um, if you don't want to mess around with this in your own environment, there's a Docker container uh, that you can just download, uh, run on your desktop or, or in, a, in your home lab or what have you. Uh, then you don't even have to mess around with it. Uh, and the Docker container is actually a, a little on the more on the open source side, so there are some community-based uh, modules that are included in there. Uh, I believe Power VRA is in there. Power NSX has been contributed. Uh, so you know both of those took some effort to to get those converted over to .NET, uh, and those have been added to the Docker container. So very very cool there. Uh, some of the other flings, the important ones are Power Actions. Uh, so if you've ever been like, man, why can't I just have a Power BI window in my web client? You know, this is Power Actions. You know, Power Actions is legitimately an add-on to to your web client. It kind of works like a proxy, uh, so that you can not only you know, have a Power CLI session going in your web client, 
but you can also start importing your own scripts and giving other people access to those. So, you know, if you've ever been like, hey, I need a admin to be able to do XYZ workflow, you know, you could import that script, say, hey, you can only run this against VMs, and then assign a permission to whoever needs to run it, so then they can literally right-click that VM, they can see a power actions area, and then they can see that script and just click on the script. So they can do everything in that workflow, uh, you know, without ever having to really learn anything about that script. Uh, so very cool item right there. Uh, the other really big one is Onyx. Uh, so, you know, if, if you've ever been like, man, this is how I do it in the web client, but how do I do that in PowerSafe? That's where Onyx comes to the rescue. Uh, so Onyx is a fling that you can associate with your web client, and then you can tell it to record your action. As you're clicking through uh, the web client or doing some kind of some kind of function, it'll actually spit out the code on how to do that or, or repeat that process in PowerCLI. That's cool. Yeah, so that, that one's a... If you're, if you're learning PowerCLI or if you've been using it for years, and that's something that's like, whoa, that really opens your eyes. Um, and then some of the other ones, uh, PowerCLI extensions. Uh, this was kind of our, our way to give people early access to some of the commands on. Uh, PowerCLI extensions is actually where the vSAN uh, commandlets actually first debuted. Um, so that's kind of a cool one. However, I don't believe it's been updated in a while. So you know, just check out the date before you you actually get started with it, because you could actually have newer versions of stuff in in PowerCLI today. Um, and then I guess I should clarify: if you don't know what a VMware fling is, it's something that's created by one of our engineers or a team of our engineers. Uh, that is then also only supported uh, through the VMware Flings site. Uh, so, you know, if you download like Onyx and you're like, hey, I've got all these problems, if you reach out to support, they're going to tell you that it's unsupported. Uh, so, you know, if you're, you're adding this into your production environment, just be aware of that. Um, a lot of the engineers are really responsive if you do have issues. Uh, so, you know, if you log an issue against the Fling that's out there, you know, it, a lot of times they're going to be answering you same day or next day or, you know, depending on what the time zone difference is. Uh, so they're, they're really responsive. Um, quick question from Graham on core. Yeah. Uh, is, the, is the plan to rewrite all the modules to run on core and replace the existing ones? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Um, so, so yes and no. Um, we do want to get it to the point where PowerCLI core is fully supported. Uh, however, one of the one of the, one of the biggest issues in getting that done is that Power, PowerShell itself, PowerShell core, is still an alpha release, so it's it's not even supported by Microsoft yet. It's all still community supported through their GitHub page. Uh, so that's going to be one of the one of those big leaps in in you know between. Uh, where we're at today and when we do get to a point where it's fully supported. Okay, cool. All right, and that was it. Awesome. All right, so here, here's the simple screenshot. So, you know, if you haven't seen it, we've got a Photon uh, system on the left. We've got uh, Alan's laptop there in the middle, an OSX variant. Uh, and then off to the right, we've got our, our Windows system all running the, the alpha PowerShell core uh, 
along with PowerSeal iCore. Uh, you know, and you're able to do the same stuff in between. You're, you're receiving back the same information, so you have that consistency between all of them. So pretty cool there. That's, that's definitely been the, the one really big request of, of pretty much everybody is like, hey, when, when can I get PowerCLI on something that's not Windows? And yeah, hey, we've, we've finally done it. All right, so moving on, the this one this one's big. This was this one was actually released just today. This is another thing that, that people always ask for, and it's always a big thing. Uh, so the the PowerCLI poster, um, it is out there. It's on the PowerCLI blog. Um, literally, it'll be the the first blog post because it was just released today at like three o'clock Eastern. Um, so get out there, check that out. Uh, if as you're going to things like VMUGs and, and VMworld, I'm definitely making, um, I, I'm definitely trying to get this out there to a lot of those areas because this will be printed out. It will be available. Um, so you know, if, if you're interested, reach out to like your TAMs or your account teams, or you know, reach out to me, and I'll, I'll you know, it, at least for from my side, I'll make a best effort of of at least trying to get you one. Um, or if nothing else, you know, find me at a VMUG or or VMworld. Um, and you know, as you're as you're looking at it, you know, just like everything else, you know, that, that I've been talking about, you know, feedback is more than appreciated because this is something that, that we make for for the people who are using PowerCLI. So you know, th this is something that I found useful even when I was on the customer side, and I, I still find it useful today. I'll have one printed up, you know, sitting behind my my desk here in a in a week or so when these are are finally printed up. Cool. Um, so you know, hey, if, if you find something something you want added, something you don't think makes sense that could be made better, let let me know. Uh, Ken Nalbone is saying, send some posters to the NDV mug, please. Oh, Ken, you will definitely get some. <laughs> Indy has a special place for me. Uh, so yeah, Ken, you will definitely be getting some posters. Nice. Oh, uh, a quick question from Graham. Uh, does that mean we'll get Power CLI on the VCA so we can run Power CLI from vCenter alerts eventually? I mean, so that's <laughs> that's that's another loaded question. Graham is doing very good at loaded questions. He's that's that's um, kind of his thing. So thinking a little outside of the box, and and this is all, you know, this is not me saying that any of this is actually going to happen or or promising anything. But this is one of the things that we're kind of concerned about, and when we talk to customers about that and get some feedback, you know, there has been some uh, some thoughts, I guess, around you know how do you you know, make the best use of resources. So, say you have this this ability to run PowerCLI or, or even just PowerShell itself uh, on your VCSA, uh, you know, how should we look at limiting resources to it? You know, should we? Is that even something that we should care about, or you know? So that's that's kind of one of those things that that we're going through as we're thinking about this. So you know, if you have opinions, let us know. Um, you know, the 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 big one, the the secondary one after we mention the VCSA is always uh, with VRO, so that you don't have to have uh, you know a separate PowerShell proxy. Um, that one is is also being worked on and. Uh, you know, we're we're trying to figure that out as well. So, you know, if you have feedback, if you have thoughts on how that should be should be done, you know, or reach out to me, Jay Robinson, or Alan Renouf, and and you know, let us know. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know how you'd be using or using it, or you know, in what ways you'd be using it. 
Uh, he's indicating that the, that's the main reason we're still running Windows vCenter at the moment. I have to run a batch file which then calls PowerCLI to do what it, what it needs to do. Graham, please reach out to me after this. I would love to know more. Uh, I, I would really love to, to know kind of what the use case is behind that and you know, maybe we can figure something out. I'm sure he will. <laughs> and, and, he's, and he responds, deal. <laughs> cool. Uh, so lastly, I think this is my second to last or maybe even last slide. Um, get involved. Uh, you know, reach out, talk to some people, join VMware Code. Uh, you know, it, you know, for folks that are joined today that are, that are V-Experts, they know how a really great resource the V-Expert Slack channel is. Uh, well, you know, VMware Code has their own Slack channel or Slack team uh, that you can join. There's a dedicated PowerCLI channel that you have everybody from, you know, the tech marketing guys like myself and uh, and product managers like Jake Robinson and Alan Renouf. There's there's engineers and, and other awesome folks like William Lamb and uh, you know our engineers on the dedicated PowerCLI team that are on there to to help answer questions along to really really awesome and great community members. Um, you know, so get involved. You know, start talking to your community members. Um, it, attend some of the stuff that VMware Code has going on. Uh, like, so if, if you didn't get a chance to go out to VMworld, either one of them this year, uh, VMware Code hosted something called a hackathon. And so this was a whole bunch of people from the community getting together and basically just working on a project. You know, it didn't have to be anything big. It didn't have to be, you know, anything spectacular. You know, it, it was just at VMworld US, the, the team that I was on was literally like, hey, how can we make some improvements to the VCheck? You know, some, like the winning group did some, did some pretty awesome stuff. Uh, but, you know, I, I mean, that's as basic as it, as you can get. You know, we had guys at the table who were like, we were literally getting checkpoints because we're like, hey, we taught them how to just, Power CLI. You know, they can now do it own and they don't feel scared of, you know, the, the black magic that is Power CLI. You know, they, they learned some stuff. They, they got orientated. Um, so definitely check some of these events out. Um, a speaker, so if you're already, you know, really ingrained in, into, you know, the, the developer coding community, scripting community, um, and you want to get a little more involved on the VMware side, uh, reach out. Because you know, I'm one of the speakers that that are on that bureau. We've got other folks like uh, my my fellow V Brown Bag uh, host Josh Atwell. He's a part of the speaker bureau as well. He's um, he's on there. We've got some some other folks from the community as well. So it's uh, you know a, another avenue. Get some get a little more exposure when you're trying to get uh, community. And then there's some open source projects that are out there. Um, Regardless of whether they're VMware's or or, uh, or personal open source projects, those are out there and, and able to be contributed to. Um, I, I believe we actually hit the 1,400 number of folks on the Slack, uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, VMware Code hasn't been around for well, actually they've probably been around for close to a year now, probably a little less. Uh, there's somewhere around nine to ten speakers. Uh, they did six hosted events last year. I believe they've already done two with one coming up either next week or the weekend. Uh, so they're they're really ramping that whole thing up. So that's going to be really cool to be a part of and, and watch it grow and evolve. 
so lastly, it's about 9.26, so we, we are about there to the end. Uh, I hit the time just about right. Uh, so thank you guys for, for showing up. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for you know listening to me uh, talk about the awesomeness that is Power CLI. And you know, uh, again, I just want to 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 restate that you know please provide feedback you know, because that's how we make this all this stuff better. You know, because we want to help you become a better uh, a better you. So you know, help us help you. <laughs> Did you really say that? Help I, me I think I might to help, help you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ken, Ken Nalbone had to uh, ask for a, a good resource like books or labs to take me from a novice PowerShell to a Power CLI user to a pro. Um, the, the PowerShell hands-on lab from VMware is actually, is actually pretty good. Ken, um, Kyle, uh, do, you, do you have another one that you wanted to add to that? Just like a, a quick last, last blurb? Um, so yeah, the the hands-on lab is is definitely a good one. Um, if if you've already done that, you want to keep learning and you want to keep uh, start looking into uh, like some of the plural site courses. Uh, there's some some really good plural site courses that are out there. Um, there are some books. Um, uh, Alan and and uh, a whole bunch of folks, Luke Deakins and. Uh, Jonathan Mead and, and a couple other folks have, have written some really good books. I've been a reviewer on a couple of them. Um, so start looking at that. Um, and then, you know, if nothing else, you know, boot up into the hands-on lab and just do whatever you want. You know, the nice hands-on lab is that you don't have to do just what's there. A lot of times those are those are actual living environments. You know, if, if, if the lab is like, hey, this is how you build out a vCenter, well, you know, if you don't want to build a and you'd rather play around with something else or, you know, you'd rather automate, you're more than to do it. You know, that's, that's a lot of, like, how I learned to work with the NSX API. You know, that wasn't something that I had enough equipment in, in my home lab to stand up. So, you know, I'd hit the hands-on lab and, you know, they already had NSX installed, so I could go mess around with the API all day long. And, you know, as long as they didn't kick me out of the session, you know, every hours, I was good. Cool. All right. Uh, let me do one last quick gander, and I think we're the Twitters are clear, local questions are clear. I think we're good to go. Awesome. Well, thank you for hosting, Chris. Mr. Ruddy, it is a pleasure as always, sir. Yes. <laughs> All right. And.